0: live show number three coffee chatter i can't believe we're show number three already i almost forgot what to say there it's a good thing tori took over um first of all welcome to show three thanks everyone for listening and subscribing to shows one and two Got a lot of positive feedback on them, didn't we, James? Yeah, it's been great, actually. A lot of people, you know, really enjoying them. Also, some people, you know, giving us some tips still, because we're still learning how to do this a little better. We're still little babies in the podcast game. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we are in studio <laughs> now, right? So, we're back in at home. We're back in our Canadian main studio. Yeah. Um, how's the drive home? It was long, it was boring, and uh, it actually, well, I shouldn't say it was boring, because it was really snowy. From San Diego to Vancouver, by the way. Yeah, it was a long drive. So, it's like a 20-hour drive, and then, the first day, I, I woke up at 3.30 and just started burning as far as I could. And then I was driving through the snow for about five, six hours, so it was exhausting. It's a pretty savage drive, eh? Yeah. Especially by yourself, just a solo mish. I listened to 20 episodes of a single podcast. I don't know, like, last time
1: so, we did it, I think I listened to, like, four or five Pulpomech shows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just
1: digging through the archives for yeah. stuff. You can only blow out your playlist on Spotify for so long, That oh, yeah? just gets so boring. <laughs> um, so we'd like to start off the show by saying a huge thanks to Travis Marks. He's the producer of The Pulpomech Show. And I was having a lot of trouble trying to post our second show on on online on the iTunes app store and all our outlets. And so I messaged him on Twitter and he was really cool and gave us a big help. So that was really cool. What a guy. Like didn't, you know, I offered to pay him and wouldn't accept it and just wanted to help us out of the kindness of his heart. So huge shout out. What a guy. That's pretty
0: cool. And obviously he has his own show to deal with. So he's he's a, busy guy. Like, yeah, he's a busy guy. Yeah. He's a busy guy. He's to help us out when our show is still like... Small. We got like two listeners. So, yeah. So <laughs> no, I didn't do that. It's awesome. shows a
1: lot about him. So big thanks to him. Yeah. Um. We got a show today. We're gonna talk about Oldsmar. We're gonna talk about James.
0: Yeah. James's
1: trip to Oldsmar. I mean, we're gonna talk about some BMX stuff. And we got Elise will be coming on the show. Almost said Elise post. You gotta remember. Always almost say said Elise post. You
0: gotta remember to say that.
1: <laughs> but we got Olympic silver medalist, um, many time USA BMX national number one pro coming on the show. Um, we got a good show outlined for her. We got a lot of questions. She's been through a lot in her career and her life and incredibly strong woman and athlete. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. Be really cool. So first thing, James. Oh, before we start, congratulations to our
0: friends of the show, Joris and Tegan. Yes. On the new baby boy, Jet Joris. He looks beautiful. He's perfect. That is so awesome to see everything's healthy and Joris was able to be there for it because he was, he was in Oldsmar. So for him to have to fly home and then have the baby, I think, the next day, that is so cool.
1: It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Also, one more thing, housekeeping thing we got. Myself and James are having some summer camps again this year in Canada. We'll be coming out with a flyer soon. But what tracks are we hitting? Uh, we're going to be hitting, oh, don't put me on the spot like this. <laughs> Edmonton. We're hitting Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton, we're hitting Red Deer and we're hitting Cochrane and I'm also doing Kamloops, but that's a solo mish Yeah, but we we'll yeah. also be hitting Ridge Meadows Ridge Meadows as well. So we've got Kamloops, Edmonton, Cochrane, Red Deer and Ridge so, Meadows Yeah, so
0: look for the Flyers coming out soon with the dates. Yeah, James how in the hell was Oldsmar? Man, okay. I don't think I've had a, a weekend that rough in a while like I'm telling you so right from the get-go well, let's start with the beginning. So, practice, everything was going good. Everything was feeling really good, actually, being back on the Supercross Hill. That's what I'd been training on for a good two, three weeks before leading into that. So, it felt normal. But first moto on the first day. I was in second place. Uh, I was pretty happy with that. Just, you know, a smooth second. Oh, take the, it. The Say class. thank you. Yeah. So, so we, had, we had 34 guys, I think. So, I was sitting second, coming in the second turn. was behind one of the Swiss guys, uh Marquardt? Marquard, Marquard. Yeah, Marquard. Anyways, I think he overjumped one of the jumps, so I kind of was on the inside of him, almost ran up the inside in the second turn, but I was like, okay, first moto, I'm gonna take it easy, I'll settle for a second. (laughs) So I kind of low load the turn, and as I'm coming out of the turn, obviously I went left to block my line. And most of the time I can see these things coming, but this time I didn't. Some guy, one of the other Swiss guys, decided to rail the turn and try to blow through me on the outside while I'm riding on the chalk line. And just took me out completely. So Cedric Booty cleaned you out. Oh, he completely cleaned me out. I, I should have seen it coming. Normally I see these things coming. Didn't see it whatsoever. So I think aggressive racing is good. I've always raced aggressive.
1: And you have to race aggressive in motos and, you know, throughout the day to be successful. Yeah. That yeah. being said,
0: you don't clean someone out first round for second. Seriously. That's so stupid. I, was like, I, would more, I would happily take a third if you really wanted the second that bad. It was first moto. First moto. Here's the thing. He's
1: a young, talented guy. He's obviously really excited to be there, so yeah. I get all that. I was in the same position, you know, when I was younger, first year lead or second year lead or whatever. You're excited, mm-hmm. you know, you want to do well and that
0: kind of thing. But
1: taking someone up first round, that's just stupid. And then you're up for the day and you couldn't race. And yeah, like, I, was, I was pissed. Cause dude, I, take the top three and say thank you,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I was pissed because I ended up, yeah, sprained my ankle pretty bad. And I tried to ride the second one, wasn't having it. Was swollen, heel was bruised, so I was, I was pretty bummed. Like I basically sat out that day and like. I went for a little pedal after, and I basically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I broke down, but I got to the point where I was just like, this sucks, like, no, coming no. off last year, a couple of injuries, like, we spend all this money going to these races, and then to get, like, basically cleaned out first round, maybe it was an accident, who cares, but it happened, and then I couldn't race that day, I was like, okay, this shit sucks. Did you, did like, you talk
1: to him after? No, I, I expected <laughs> him to come over and
0: say something, like, maybe just, hey, sorry, like, didn't think he was going to run into me. I guess yeah. he didn't really give a shit. But yeah, I mean. It's racing. Like I I'm said, not gonna,
1: yeah, yeah, he's young. I think he'll learn. And Yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll learn because I think it's stupid. I mean, you hope so, yeah. If I it's sports. for fourth in a semi or whatever, it's in a main for podium,
0: sure. But yeah. first round, yeah. So let, let me just point out. So quarter is the next day. So I ended up racing the next day. I basically was like, I don't want to waste this trip. This is stupid. Yeah. So t- taped the ankle up, took a couple ibuprofen. Got in the gate, and quarter, it was me and Sousa battling for fourth. So everybody knows Sousa is one hell of a ride. Yeah, he's too. good, good. So Bronze medalist, world champs. Yeah, yeah. so he's good. And he ended up passing me in the second term for fourth. So last term, I had to high-low him back, and yeah, we both <clears> ate <throat> shit again, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like he was, I, I high-lowed him, got my. Five-man quarter? Print. Yeah, five all was just a chess oh, match, eh? Yeah.
1: It's basically like the first three guys, and then fourth
0: and fifth, they're just playing chess. We there. just we're duking it out until. I'd that rather last be minute. fifth almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we ended up like he ran into me. We kind of collided. So whatever. We both ate shit. I ended up making it through, but even after, I just waited there for him, make sure he was all good, and he understood. You got up and beat him to the line for fourth. I got up and he was still on the ground, so I actually just took my time. <laughs> that is badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that so is badass. I was sore after that one, but even still, I was like, "Okay, hey, he understood. It was fourth and a quarter." So you know. how'd you clean him out?
1: You go! I outside, just
0: high load him basically outside. Dove in, high load him, him at the exit. Got my elbow in front and just held him, and then he was just still trying to drive <laughs> through me a little bit. So we just basically came into each other and as a high low.
1: I have gnarly sport. BMX bronze medalist. I think he was or a bronze medalist at world champs. I think he was in the main the first day.
0: Yeah, yeah, he and was. And yeah. got quarter, quarter, quarter day. the next
1: day. Yeah, yeah that's unreal. our sport. It's, it's so effing competitive. It's so cutthroat. It's crazy. Wow. So. Yeah. Well, that was an exciting weekend for you.
0: Yeah, I was surprised to even be able to ride the second day after literally how much my ankle was hurting. So. Yeah. yeah. Happy to at least put in the semi the next day. Didn't get in the main, but put some good laps in. So, No, it's all positive. Yeah, you know yeah. who else
1: did well on Oldsmar? Big Al. Alan Willoughby. Yeah, she did. So by the way, her nickname's Al or Alan. Yeah. Or Big Al.
0: The Beast. So if we do call her Al, that is who we are talking You know about. who
1: we're referring to. Her, her name is Alan. So everyone listening to this, make sure you call her Alan next race. Yeah. yeah. Um, and without further ado... We're going to get her on the show. Let's bring her on. On the show, we have two time Olympian, Olympic, Olympic silver medalist, first person to sweep a USA BMX series last year, right?
0: I think so. That's a
1: big one. What right else, there. James?
0: Don't put me on the spot like this. You know Al's results better than I do. Let's
1: say something about Al. What's impressive
0: about Al? Her all out power on the ABA tracks, all out horse. Absolute horse. Elise Willoughby, how's it going? <laughs>
2: Hey guys, how are ya? Good, good, good.
0: I'm uh, enjoying. Now that you guys are gone, the sun is back, so. Why does it oh, always I'm happen? Good. As soon as we leave San Diego, the sun comes down there. I don't know how you guys survive such
1: harsh winters in South <laughs> I know. Hey,
2: hey, you can't call me out on it. I know harsh winter, and I am gladly soaking up the actually, San yeah. Diego
1: winters. That's true, that's true. We actually got some snow here again yesterday. It's a pain in the ass.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Defrosting the windshield still?
1: So. Oh, yeah, water yeah. bottles freezing in the car overnight. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a solid block of ice. Gotta get that scraper out in the morning. <laughs> so No
2: ice towels needed.
1: No, exactly. Elise, we forgot to mention, was also, we were, me and Elise were teammates on a red line for many years, and she actually, here's a fun fact, when we were... Fun fact of the day. Fun fact of the day, when we were 11-12 Open at the ABA Worlds in 2004, she beat me. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Straight dumb. up. Straight up. I just won the World Championships as an 11-year-old boy, and I was racing 12 and under Open, or 11-12 Open, whatever it was. Bobo Lechner won, Elise got second, and I got third. Straight yeah. up. Away. See, <laughs> Straight up got
0: sure. Al's a horse.
1: Straight up. <laughs> Straight up got pulled by Al.
2: <laughs> I think Bobo Lechner, I think he uh, unclipped twice as well, like in front of me, like just trying so hard to not get beat by me.
1: <laughs> so I don't look great, <laughs> great in this scenario because the guy so won, sorry. unclipped twice and beat me.
0: <laughs> Elise beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and I got third. I was the podium, so. I hope you're like I don't know. Had the brakes stuck on or something? <laughs> I wish. No, I, was I, I, just got, I was a year older. I was a year older. I'll give you
2: that.
0: I just but. got out. You just got out. owled. Yeah. I just got out. owled. Yeah.
2: Al came to
0: play that yeah. day. Yeah, she did. So, <laughs> as we start things off here, we normally get going here. Al, we just wanted to uh, basically ask you how your off season was, what you worked on, and because uh, clearly it was working well in the first two races of the year here, so. Uh, How were things after Grands?
2: Yeah, so we took a little time off, as as you do, after the Grands, and we actually went down to Australia for a month, which was good and long overdue, Um, visit Sam's family and just a few other people, friends around there. Um, Yeah, so that was really good, refreshing, and I didn't really get started again until probably around Christmas, I'd say, Um, doing some stuff. I did do... (laughs) some f-45 classes with my sister-in-law what
1: is it? What what's F 45 yeah
2: it's it's like a crossfit kind of a functional training thing they're like 45 minute or an hour workouts that they do like all these stations whatever and i was like oh well you know I, like for those first two weeks when we were down there, i wasn't really doing anything i was like oh i can just try something with you and have some fun right oh my gosh, I've never been so sore. I, I I couldn't walk. It was terrible. So then I just like waited it out. I did two or three days in a row and then I just didn't do it again until it was time to train. But that is very hard for anyone who wants to try that. Um, but yeah, so we just, uh, yeah, we had some time off and like the last two years, I guess, 2016 and 17s off seasons, i would had like Obviously, other stuff going on. 2016 with being in the hospitals and stuff, all that. And then 2017 with wedding planning, kitchen remodeling, you name it. Yeah, I just like took a long time in the off season to get going again. So it was really nice this year to, I guess, get back into it a little bit quicker and just kind of be able to focus on just, you know, the goal ahead um, and riding in the season and building off of what obviously was a pretty good year last year. And, um, yeah, it's so far so good, like you said, um, I think still still building up for the year um but it's starting, starting pretty good, so i'm I'm happy with where things are at, and just trying to get a bit stronger, and um you know, you name it, trying to get everything better every bit of the game, um stronger, faster, better on the bike, all of it, but probably a little more emphasis on getting stronger this off-season, I'd say, which I haven't done in a very long time, so that was something new and different and fun.
1: Yeah, so get stronger, do you mean like in the gym kind of thing?
2: Yeah, just, um. yeah, I'm small, obviously, as we all know, and <laughs> just putting a bit of muscle mass on, I rely pretty heavily on, I've always been pretty, I guess, athletic by nature and um, functionally strong, but um, just general... Getting, getting a bit stronger in the gym and on the bike and just general muscle mass and trying to, you know, get some weight going down that hill. <laughs> got to keep up.
1: <laughs> Little Al's
0: got to put on some size. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: She's ripped. Crematine, we just say she's like,
2: you know, I'm in there.
0: So. You know how Raymond Vanderbiesen is like the ripped guy of the, guy like was the really shredded guy of males. Yeah, it for women. Yeah, it for women. That's what I was thinking. Well, thank
2: you. I'm trying to be like that. That'd be goals. But um, on that note, hey, did you guys see that Roy um, Vandenberg, I think it's Vandenberg, yeah, got... A world championship in track sprint.
1: Did he really? Yeah, I, just I didn't saw see that. that. That was just like the other day, yesterday or something. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so he actually came out and visited us in Colorado when Sam was in the hospital, him and um, Ruby Heisman, and it was like nuts. His legs, like obviously he was always, you know, fast racing, but his legs were so big. Like they were unbelievable and like everyone were in like a spinal cord injury rehab facility and he's like going around with us and Sam in the like, gym there and just his muscles are bulging out of his chains and everyone is staring <laughs> yeah. at him like,
1: he's enormous. This
2: person. He's,
1: yeah. he's an absolute but, um, savage, that guy. Yeah, he's happy, huge.
2: happy to see him doing good.
1: No, that's, that's really cool. I mean he's obviously, he had a lot of success in BMX and it's cool to see him uh, be successful in track cycling. Um, so yeah, you coming off of obviously a very successful season last year, winning all your ABA races or USA BMX races, I should say, and having a successful last two seasons. How is it to stay motivated after after winning so much? Does it help you, or is it is it tough to um, kind of stay motivated towards maybe winning the same races, or maybe just talk a little on that?
2: Yeah, um, actually just got asked this an old smart too, um, but I feel like the. I'm motivated by just trying to be better. Like I keep, I know there's more in the tank and like, I don't feel I've reached my potential as an athlete or Phoenix racer yet. So like it's, it's just motivating to try and chase that and see those little gains that end with. um, So I worked with Sean Dwight for obviously a number of years um, and, kind of got my elite career started with him and the specific BMX training and mentality, and all those things, and grew as a rider, moving up to San Diego, got better my bike, but then, like, since Rio, um, obviously things changed, and now Sam's been coaching me, and obviously that's a motivation in itself, just having you know, him to, I've trained alongside of him, but to just have him like completely in my corner and like paying attention to every detail. And like, I just see how much time and energy and effort goes into it. And you want to give that back. So it's a real you know team effort. And um, so that's motivating as well as like, like I said, trying to chase that potential. And just like, when I keep seeing gains and growth every day at training, it's like, you know, why why can't this keep getting better on the racetrack? You know, I I getting older should probably be going downhill but it's getting better. <laughs> so it's um I can't complain there and it's, it's just motivating to try to chase that potential and try to just be more consistent on the, you know, international scene. I'm gonna do a bit more of that again, um, this year. Um but yeah, I guess yeah, I just like to race and I'm always motivated. Every time I get in the gate I wanna win and I try to th- you know, do everything every day to be better than the other day in training and just, I'm just motivated by constantly improving, I guess.
0: That's right on. That's cool. You'd like a fine wine out. You're just getting better with age. <laughs> I'd like to think that <laughs> but you know, whatever helps you
2: sleep at night, right? yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But speaking about uh Sam being your coach now, how is that relationship as like him being your husband but also your coach? How does that work between you two?
2: Yeah. So I mean, we got it as a couple in general, being like a BMX couple, you know, seeing each other all day, every day, doing everything together. Like, do you get sick of each other? And now it's, like, even more intertwined than ever. And it's, yeah, it's great. Like, we have to be conscious of, like, switching the hat. Like, okay, is this husband Sam talking or coach Sam talking? Uh, Like, you know, maybe is he a little... (laughs) We might think a little more about little little stuff than your average coach-athlete relationship. But it's all, yeah, I I don't know. I've never felt more of a team environment, like knowing someone's that invested in your, you know, my win is his win and vice versa. So, um, yeah, it just, it gives motivation and it works well. And we just always have to be conscious of, you know, making sure that, you do your work and we talk about those things, but then we also you know, take time to go out and just be our buddies and do life as well and not just be that relationship. You have to make sure you're covering all aspects, but we've been able to manage it for the last 10 years, so I think, I think we'll be able to keep doing so moving forward. Um, and, yeah, I guess we have uh, Lauren and Anthony are around all the time with training as well. And then... Um, Sean Gain has been around, and Justin Posey, and so we've got like a crew of people that you know we're all we're all doing our training stuff together, and it's not just me or anything. So it's it's a fun group, fun atmosphere, and yeah, it hasn't been an issue so far. It's actually awesome.
1: Yeah, I think what you guys have is obviously special, and I think just to I think one of the key things for for that, like you mentioned, would be like you know, for instance, you go to the track, you do your training, you watch your videos, but then when you're at dinner, you're not watching videos; you're just Sam Elise.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that we've had a lot of practice doing that over the years, being that we were doing the same job, essentially. It's like you work with your – you date your coworker. Like, obviously things come up whenever if you're living with that person or doing stuff from time to time. But generally speaking, you know, we just like to have pizza parties and have people <laughs> over for fight nights and just be us, go out for coffee with you guys, you know, do stuff like that and just um, try to make sure we take time to do – you
1: know other life as well i always used to wonder sometimes when i'd be at the track in chula and i'd see you guys coming in two separate cars i'd be like what the hell are they doing and then i realized it's because al's not exactly the best at time management (laughs) yeah you're not
2: the first person to say that's so weird
1: why do you guys show up different i I was like i was like that's so weird they live so close why would they come in two separate cars i get it
2: well i have lots of things to be doing outside of just going that's true so i probably have like three shopping stops to make before or after that's true you do take you do take care of a lot probably not going to be a half an hour early like most people like to be so (laughs) 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 yeah it's just easier and less stressful we do live close so we're not like wasting a ton of gas it's just let's just do us you know yeah you do you i do me
1: yeah no that, that works um, so circling back a bit, obviously you've been to, to two Olympics now and had two very different experiences at both. Um, so maybe let's just chat a little about London and Rio and kind of the, the differences because you all obviously grew a lot as an athlete in those four years as well. Um, and I know obviously going to London, I was, I'm just a year younger than you. So it, it's tough to go to an Olympics when you're just 20 years old or whatever. And um, yeah, let's just talk about a little about your two Olympic experiences.
2: Yeah. Um, polar opposites.
1: No kidding, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah um, so, it's interesting. So, I I didn't really... So, I turned elite in 2010, and that was also when I started working with Sean DeWay. So, I would say, like, I progressed on the international scene quite a bit that year. I got a few podiums. Um, uh, at World Cups, I had gotten third in the World Championships, Fast forward, I've got, had two major injuries before London between, you know, 2010 season and, you know, Olympic year. I've been out all but three months of that time um, on an ankle and a knee injury. Um, so I came into 2012 basically knowing, you know, I have to have the best year to even make the team. Um Yeah, to even qualify to go to the game. So I ended up having a pretty, you know, managing a a good year, get my first World Cup win, all that and leading the world championship final. Actually, what was that two months before? The London Olympics, yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah,
1: I forgot
2: and so I was leading the world. I'll well, crash myself doing something stupid. I don't know. I was a total owl um, but, <laughs> it
1: was total Al move. wasn't at least on the track then. It was Al. <laughs> um, it was Al. Al took Bottom over. Line,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bottom line was that, you know, in my head, like I was tracking in the right direction. And like, as much as maybe on paper I hadn't been on the scene, like, as long or, like, as consistently, 2011, 2012 leading in, I podiumed at, well, and won the last two World Cups leading into it and um, led the World Final. So it's like, oh, well, there's no reason I shouldn't be making a final and having an opportunity, like, if I just perform, you know? Yeah. Um, so whereas maybe someone outside looking in, I mean, I'm World 8 and – Whatever they might might not have the same expectation, um, but I definitely felt like, hey, you know, I I have a shot at this. Still, um, was definitely aiming for a medal that year. Um, but I just, I don't know. I crumbled. I I had two crashes. Like we had three races, like three semifinals and the main, and I hadn't missed a final, and I don't know how long, and somehow managed to not make. The final out of three races, so I had two crashes in that, and like the only real hard hit I can remember where I just honestly I, I crashed so hard I can't remember like being on the last straight or anything. Wow. Um, that's the only time in my career I've had that. Um, but then it was like this weird thing because I do remember like watching, I uh, kind of out of it, but watching Sam's final and him meddling, and obviously you just um you know, you put that aside, like, I was obviously very sad, but then, you know, he had had success, so you put that aside, and you'd be happy for his success, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of our families were there together doing that, and, um, yeah, it was still exciting, we finished that, go home, Sam's 21st birthday, like, it was just a fun, fun thing, and I, I guess, you know, I had surgery after that on my thumb, so I was out for a little while, because I had actually raced the Olympics with a a torn thumb ligament. I actually mm-hmm. crashed a few days before it um, at a local practice and torn my thumb ligament. So gripping the bars was hard <laughs> on top of it all. Um, yeah. I, it was a mess. London was a mess. But needless to say, learned a lot. Um, I went through a f- – a fair bit between 2013-14 with, you know, mom, it, more injuries, you name it, like, I had like five or six surgeries and within those four seasons, um, so it was just like adding up and of time off the bike and obviously personal stuff with family, that's obviously toughest battle, um, and it's just kind of like, I think 2014 was a huge turning point for me, Um with you know hitting the low with my mom and then having a broken leg and really just having to sit back and be like what am i doing here you know like why yeah. am i racing what like do i want to keep doing this blah 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 sorry My door is going off um yeah um but like why am i doing this right and i, I met with a sports psychologist actually that opened up uh my eyes a bit uh, on that front and wor- worked on some stuff and kind of just, um, you know, the basics and getting my mind right and being able to compartmentalize things a little better. And I think that was a huge, huge turning point for me in my career. And I would say, yeah, going back to that world championships and getting second in 2014 on like a week of riding my bike um, really showed me, like, hey, like, you got potential in this. You need to stick to this and really go for this, right? Um, and, um, yeah, I just kept chipping away and, you know, the seasons got a little bit better and better. I got my second World Cup win, however many years later, it was 2015 in Sweden. Um, so that was a long, long break between drinks, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, back on track, I guess, and able to stay healthy. And so 2015 and 16 just kept building and more and more consistent and went into twenty. Sixteen, having been way more consistent podium wise internationally top top three pretty much all the time, and um I guess, yeah, I just prepared better, knew what I was getting into, it's like you said, Tori, like when you first go it's like night and day difference of what to expect you go into it, it's overwhelming the first time around, like a lot of people just don't rise to the occasion, um, and I feel like going into Rio, you just knew what you're getting into more, I just. Chipped away through the um, i guess was it qualifying process and just did what I needed to do and focused on the goals and did the day like any other day and was able to come out with a medal uh, in second so and um I was you know obviously chasing a gold one, but it was a good day of racing um, and I was happy with Coming out um, without a crash and finishing the race, I was like flashbacks of all these other races crashing down the last straight, and I was like, "Gosh, I'm so <laughs> glad this just finished that one." And uh, and ended up on the podium, and um, yeah, from there, it's yeah, it's history. Yeah,
0: I just so. want to circle back around too. I think it's crazy how many competitors in our sport or other sports have these injuries that you really have no clue about. And yeah, you just basically, we talked to Anthony last week and we found out about his collarbone and now hearing about your thumb in London and then all the other injuries you had to go through. I don't think a lot of people realize the amount of injuries you have to, or setbacks you and go through. And how tough that to is to keep getting up and powering through. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that shows a lot about you. Yeah.
2: Life. I think there's, you know, a lot of people, everyone's dealing with something, you know, it's like, and, you know, it, it's obviously like per se inspiring but at the same time it's like everyone's dealing with it the more you're involved with it you you realize everyone's got something going on and it's just you learn that you just respect it and everybody's doing their thing and you never know what's going on (laughs) behind closed doors yeah don't you don't need to talk about everything um obviously it's pretty obvious when you blow up your knee and you're out for six months but (laughs) uh, (laughs) um like little stuff happens for people all the time and just keep chipping away and like you said like it's tough. It's tough to stay in it. And yeah, anyway, I was saying 2014 was a real... Well, that was, I think, the fourth or f- fourth or fifth surgery I'd had. And plus, put my mom passing away in those couple of years. And I was just like, yeah, you have to really dig deep and decide what you want to do, I think. And whether you're willing to put it on the line anymore or not. Because you can't get in the gate not willing to give it your all. Because that's when stuff goes wrong. So you have to just decide where you're at mentally i think and
1: and be all in yeah no absolutely and i think the fact that you you know saw a sports psychologist and and uh you know helped you kind of work through some stuff i mean that's so important at any level and i think it's still often overlooked and some people don't think about that you know so a lot of riders and athletes just kind of they do poorly at a race or they're having those thoughts and they just kind of keep trying to power through training without working on the mental side of things and i think that's so important well i mean
2: yeah there's people are built like character you got resilience you got persistence you got all these things and these strengths. but then it's like no matter how good you are like there's a breaking point for everybody i think and it's um you know you gotta learn how to deal with outside life and be able to be clear and focused when you get in the gate because like Everything happens in our sport so fast that, yeah, you can't be clouded. you got to be ready to go and focused on that task at hand. And I think all of outside life bleeds in. and It's not like, you know, it's just, it's more so, it's not like, oh, I need to go just, sometimes it's just getting something off your chest, but it's just learning ways to cope with things and move forward, I think, is the biggest thing. So I think a lot of people probably don't value that side of it as much as it should be it's a big part of it um obviously you have to be ready physically but um i think it's it's a bigger component than people know
1: absolutely yeah yeah I, i started working with a sports psychologist pretty closely in 2014 and helped immensely and um i also started seeing a psychologist just in regular life in 2016 helped me with anxiety and that kind of thing and it's amazing how they, they help, you know, not only clear things up, but like you said, um, you learn the tools to kind of cope with things in life and, and deal with things in sport, and you're just uh, kind of overall better off and able to handle things better, I think.
2: Yeah, and like, obviously, the more you go through stuff, like we were talking about with injuries, I think you just start to just keep things in perspective. I think, you know, losing my mom and all that was a big part of just gaining some um, perspective on life in general, and um just making the most of it and the opportunities that are presented so um yeah i think all that put together i'd say 2014 was a a big turning point for me and i, I think for the most part it's gone better and better each year uh, as far as my racing goes and um there's obviously been big things come up since then but we've been able to jump the hurdles and obstacles as they come so it's been good
0: yeah well it's great to see you be able to kind of come back or come from that and then get the silver at the Olympics and uh, behind Mariana. So you two are, I'd say two top girls of the sport for a long time here, so that's really cool. But also you guys have been competitors from a young age, is that right?
2: Yeah, I actually just got tagged in an old photo or video, I'm not sure what what it was, a screenshot, from the 2014, I mean 2014, 2005 Paris Worlds. Um, We were 14 girls and we were like neck and neck like I had led all the way to the last corner and um she just jumped these doubles that I was just bonking through doing something ugly (laughs) um and she passed me down the last straight and we were neck and neck there and um yeah that it's happened a number of times um every year we battled um at every worlds and it was always a close race and it was funny because right after that um first worlds in uh paris uh my mom i was talking you know my mom was bubbly whatever everyone's buddies whatever (laughs) goes running up to them at the podium yeah we'll have to get everyone together and train and you know elise can help mariana with her starts and mariana can help elise jump and be a little bit better on her bike and it'll be great Uh, happy happy days and uh come full circle how many years later and i think both of us me and mariana actually just texting about that the other day like how it uh we both bridged the gap on both ends and I think overall just having that competition from a young age progressed the sport as a whole. There's a lot of um like even if the men's class, you know, in that age bracket, everyone pushed each other to to do better and it raised the level of the sport and I think in our age bracket the same happened, um, on the women's side.
0: So I mean it's pretty cool that you guys were able to, I guess, push each other growing up and I mean like it seems like for you two, you guys I'd say are probably the most skilled girls in the class but for some other girls maybe that haven't had that competition growing up it seems like they've had a harder time to develop the the skills to manual and jump and that kind of thing so do you think having her as a competitor from such a young age do you think that helped you with that
2: oh it just it it forced when you when you have a competitor that has you know a strength that's your weakness or vice versa like you just have to be better you have to be willing to to do what you need to do to compete and um i think absolutely like no matter what it was just having that competition made me want to learn to do things better and then that raises the bar because once you got more than one doing it everyone else is gonna do it like everyone wants to win so you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to be competitive and um i think that the women's class is definitely getting um better as a whole like the, the the skill level is you know, there's not much that you show up and the girls aren't, aren't doing. I remember when the boys used to just line up during girls' practice at World Cups for a good laugh. It was terrible. <laughs> That's, horrible.
1: That's, just <laughs> it was, That's horrible. That's sad. just mean. horrible. just It
2: was terrible. That's horrible. <laughs> you were probably one of them. But, <laughs> 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 but, I, uh, but I can say it because you're probably laughing at me. So it's, you know, you gotta, I mean, I think that everyone's, progressed so much and the level like the racing is just good now um yeah, no, with the, the, between the top girls and that's what people want to see is a good race and I think
0: yeah, yeah the, the, the times have definitely changed now. you're not
2: seeing people not be able to do stuff anymore so
0: yeah no, know it's cool like even like you've seen the girls jump in the pro sets now like the times have changed like there's a lot of girls in the class now that have the skill to be doing the bigger jumps it's cool to see
2: yeah and I think you know the the main thing is you just want it to be competitive So I think everybody's at a point now where everyone's competitive and that makes for a good race. And that's ultimately what people want
1: to see. Absolutely. The women's class and well, in all sport, women's, um, you know, it's it's getting better and better and better. There's more women coming into sport. So as a, you know, as a prominent woman in sport like yourself and very successful, what are the, you know, kind of, there's a lot of talk these days about um, getting young girls into sport and um, seeing more women play sports. Um and I think that it is improving but what limitations do you still see in that? Um you know have you experienced anything or what do you kind of see from the outside maybe?
2: Um I just I just think in general kids are less active honestly <laughs> with social media and things so readily accessible I think it's just a a common battle for everyone to just try to make sure you know Kids still want to do sport, you know, get out and be active, and um, so I think on both sides um, there's there's challenges with the up and coming generations to just get commitment and um, the same, I guess, I don't know, thrill out of sport. Um, and I think that maybe I don't know, it's different. I mean, for me, I was always okay with being with the boys, you know, like I was with you guys in the red line truck, just only gal for how many years I, I never minded that but I do think it's a positive that there's so many more like young women starting like do girls clinics or they, they just have these role models to look up to I guess that maybe weren't there 10 years ago um, and just seeing it on the Olympic stage and that uh, and world championships and seeing how competitive it is and how hard the, the top girls work to you know, be at that level, um, and it doesn't matter with gender either way. Everyone's working hard. I think that those are just good role models for younger girls to have now, um, and and should ultimately make it easier to see that you can make a living doing this, and you can, um, you know, you can race bikes and still be a girl, and you know, you know, like it's it's yeah. definitely male dominant, and you got to be tough, and there's a certain amount of aggression and competitiveness that you have to have to race, but you know, even in motorsports, you know, there's Danica Patrick and now um, Deegan's daughter is coming up, like there's, there's women are, are becoming more okay with, you know, showing those characteristics, those traits. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good thing. Um, but I don't. I don't even remember the question or where we're going. But yeah, girls are. Yeah, you're, you're I answered it's, it all. it's getting you're better, answered it. but it's just hard in general. You want to make sure kids are willing to put in the time and effort, and um, it doesn't just happen overnight. And it, it is hard. Um, the numbers aren't probably ever going to be the same between men and women yeah. um, in BMX. It probably just isn't. But you can make the depth better, and I think it's hard. You, it's it's really hard. To I mean, the sport as a whole on the, the pay side of things is hard. Um, but when the, say, you know, men, male or female, I, I don't want to just make this just female. It's hard for everybody. Um, but, like, I just think it's hard. Like, how can girls or women try to make a living at it if they can't? You know, there's a, a number of us that are able to make this a career and our job. And unless they can do that, how can they compete or how can they if it's not their full-time gig but if it's not their full-time gig are they gonna make any money at it you know what I mean it's just hard like it's just this weird vicious cycle that it's like you gotta I see where the equality and pay and things needs to happen just to provide the opportunity for it to even grow you know yeah. um but i understand the male side of it as well because the numbers aren't the same yeah so
0: yeah like I, i'm a believer in equal pay but at the same time i also believe that when it comes to races it's hard to see so many guys in a class and then unfortunately have a smaller women's class that we can get the equal pay like it's tough to see because obviously you want the best for both but at the same time there's so much competition on our sport right now on the male side versus the female we're still trying to build the female side i think
2: yeah, 100%. I, I just I, – I think that, um, you know, we got cuts too, even with uh, everything that's mm-hmm. been going on in the last few years. No um, Everyone thinks we got this raise, but really they just cut everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, the it, there has to be room for opportunity. But I still stand by, I think, when a great system is by, by numbers. Like there should be a base rate. that's you know is plausible feasible for people to be able to do this um but then you know if men have quarters or x amount of numbers they should get that pay but then say somewhere like atlanta the women had more Mm -hmm. riders then you should get more pay you know like it's just it should be on a number system when it comes back to that i think yeah to be fair, um
1: no, I completely, but. I completely agree with your what you're saying. I think there should be like a kind of a base pay, for instance, for the class, and so then mm-hmm. maybe like if you have 30 riders, you get X amount, 60 you get X amount, 100 you get X amount, and I think that's that, how it was. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it, honestly. And I mean, I think fair enough. If for- if the women, sorry, sorry to cut you off, James. It's if fine. the if the women have you know more riders, then they should get paid more. You know, exactly. like they should get paid more if they do more laps. And I think that'd be the fairest way to do it.
0: Totally, I am a full believer on that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I like. I hear the argument all the time about, um, you know, like, well, when they ride the same track, then they get paid the same, or, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't necessarily know, agree with that standpoint, no. There is physical no. differences. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, agree we, with that we standpoint. We have to understand
2: now. that, and we are racing the same track for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there's certain things that they don't do, because you put eight women wide, you know, the person in sixth or seventh probably is not going fast enough to do that. Maybe the first two are, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, there's physical differences. And I think the ultimate thing we have to remember is that we want good racing. And as long as it's good racing, um, yeah, that's, that's what people want to watch. So,
0: yeah, I agree. I just like to make a point in Oldsmar, I think, or actually Phoenix as well. One of the most exciting classes was the junior women's class. There was like the group of five or six that were literally in a ball, the whole track. It was exciting. (laughs) It was exciting. Yeah. I
2: mean, they're just going for it. So yeah. yeah, it there's yeah, there's improvement coming. There's more, you know, like that. You see a class of girls all pushing each other. We were talking about earlier. I think that when you have that level of competition between people, it just it's healthy um, for the sport and the progression of it. And um, you do what you got to do to win, and you you know they'll jump or manual or get faster, whatever they got to do. And um, the sport will just continue to evolve and get better. And yeah, I um I don't know. It's a whole it's a whole another uh agenda to talk about all the pay stuff but <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> it's um yeah, yeah no. i think the women's side is definitely improving and the racing's getting better
1: <laughs> for sure i think we're in agreement about that yeah i don't necessarily i don't agree with when guys say it's because we ride a different track i don't think that's no. that's not a reason no 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 No.
0: Agree
1: with that. no. um so speaking about pay <laughs> <laughs> besides racing you like i know you you'd like to be uh you know involved in some film philanthropic uh ventures so uh, let's talk a little about your charity. You have a race for MS every year, I believe, in St. Cloud.
2: Yeah, so I hosted, what was it, seven or eight years in a row, 20, gosh, what was the first year, 2011 or 2010? I think 2011 through 2016. I haven't had one again since 2016. Um, I'm open to, uh, I'm thinking about a few other things about how to other opportunities i guess with all that stuff and ways to give back um but it's been an awesome venture and it kind of aligns with the new stuff i want to do as well i had a a coach in gymnastics that inspired me i guess she um went from like choreographing routines and showing them to us to in a wheelchair within a year and a half from ms and just seeing the toll on the family and you know the, just the whole uh, being a part of the whole process of it and seeing seeing how you know neurological diseases affect people not just MS but in general um it was yeah eye opening and i wanted to do something to give back so we started the it was just small scale with uh, my my family's track in minnesota um in st cloud at Pipe park and just started as like a day event where it was a charity race kind of similar i guess to like the race for life they do in USA BMX with the leukemia stuff but it's more it's more geared around race entry fees and um having pros all donated memorabilia and things that they auctioned off and it started as just like the race event in 2011 and we raised like a little over 5 grand that day to now the last couple years we did it we were raising over 20 grand a year so i think we're upwards of 90 something thousand that we donated to ms society wow um which is awesome um and it was just growing every year and i definitely want to build off of that and still work with the neurological diseases and and do something it's just i might broaden the spectrum a little bit um than just ms or I, i i'm still thinking but um it's been a really really cool process to to do all that and i guess organize the events from start to finish and get the support from um obviously the other pros within our sport and kind of making an ordeal an event of it that people know they can get goods off of the pros they want um every year at our at our event um because we do it globally now with the online auctions um and like obviously the the we started the 5k to be able to include people from outside of BMX. Um, so they could run, walk, crawl, whatever, ride bikes. And we do that at the event, usually before the racing starts. And that's been a cool addition. We tried a golf tournament one year. Um, people love golf. So Uh, (laughs) I'm in, I'm in, in. I'll be there.
0: (laughs) Right on. No, I think that's awesome what you're doing. And, there's really I get I don't think anybody else in our sport kinda of doing it. No, anything it's not, like that. not many
1: people doing it, I don't think. And um I think it's really cool you're doing that. It's it's good to give back, you know, especially once you get to a certain point in, in your career you, you realize that um it's it's nice to give back. It's not just about us, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that we all take for granted like how, you know, movement is like easy for us. Like it just comes naturally to sports people. But mm-hmm. movement, you know, it it disables people like every day you know like and it cripples families um so to be able to help people that you know or hopefully help find some sort of cure for one of these neurological diseases would help a number of them and you know just the gift of movement we we take it for granted and it couldn't really change a lot of people's lives and i've only learned more about it obviously since sam's injury um and it's just yeah you want to do what you can to
1: help for sure it's very sad when when people can't you know move the way they want to do whether it's through ms or an accident or you know whatever and like you said we we do take it for granted because obviously our bodies are instruments and um, i'm an ambassador for active for life in in canada and they their whole uh, thing is about getting kids physically literate at a young age and, and active for their entire life and I think it's often overlooked these days with uh, so much technology and that kind of stuff. Like I remember growing up, we used to just go outside and play tag until it was dark out, you know. And you don't see a ton of kids playing these days, so I think that's uh, that's really important.
2: Yeah, and I think just to make kids like we're in such a kid oriented sport, and so if you can make kids aware of this stuff, because I (laughs) I hate to say it, but kids can be so cruel (laughs) if they're not like you know shown (laughs) that people are different you know and um so i think it's just good to open everybody's eyes to to the different things
0: that are going on yeah right Right well moving on to uh i guess a lighter topic this is our next segment of the show (laughs) the quick shot
1: questions so al we got a bunch of questions from fans wanting to know stuff about you and also we came up with a few ourselves so they're called quick shot questions so you answer just short answer really yeah like just quick answer can be a word, a sentence. I'm not
2: good with this. I'm long-winded.
1: Okay,
0: here we go. It'll be a good challenge. <laughs> All right, so I'll start us off here. This one's from Dallas Mountain Bike. Are you racing the World Cups this year? Yes. That was short. You did. So you're doing great, Al. You're doing great. <laughs> yes,
2: no, maybe. Those are my answers. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking to them.
1: <laughs> what was the funnest thing about being on Team Redline?
2: Uh, truck talk.
1: Oh yeah, uh,
0: that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> what happens in the truck stays in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. All right, this one's from Sylvan Andre BMX. Oh, Sylvan, uh, how many USA BMX races did you not win in the last two seasons?
2: Oh, uh, I know.
0: This well, is a tough last, one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just um, liking at least more um, and more. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, I, I didn't win in uh, early 2017. I, I had a bunch of crashes and stuff. So I basically I've had a lot of wins since April 2017 through now.
1: Unreal, yeah, that's unreal, fantastic. <laughs> that's good. All right, this one's from at t nighawk49. How was, was your that? How was your diet when you were a teenager?
2: Oh, I had broccoli every day, I
1: had. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie to us, Al.
2: <laughs> I'm a clean athlete. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm, I'm not known for caring too much or being too strict on my diet. Um, I was known when I was like 11, 12 to have Hershey's cookies and creams um, by the bag full in the pits yeah. um, ready to go. So
1: <laughs> two, two memories it wasn't I have...
2: ideal. But, two... hey, I was brought up in the Midwest. It's different okay and uh, I trained like 30 hours a week at gymnastics so
0: I worked it all off and
1: now I'm uh, Sam opened my eyes to vegetables and those sorts of things. <laughs> two, two, two first memories of Al. I, I uh, got in factory Avon bombshell when I was like 12 yeah. and I was really nervous like going to the pit the first race in Roseville to meet everyone and I obviously knew who like Elise and Joey and people were so Elise comes out to me we're both like 12 years old yeah she comes out to me and she's like Hi. I was like, hi. She's like, hi, I'm Elise. <laughs> like, super cheery. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tori. <laughs> and then I remember, I remember and, like, Al eating Hershey's cookies and cream in Reno by the handful. <laughs> and I
2: always, like... I don't know. Maybe I was onto the cramping thing at a young age, because I always, even at gymnastics, if I got a 9.0 or higher, or I was at the track, I always got the whole deal p- pickles. <laughs> always: Got have your it, pickles.
0: Like, if you, now we're all doing that now. You were on, you're onto it early. Yeah.: Yes.: <laughs> All right, next question uh, from Simone Christensen, 2:10. What are your future plans after BMX?
2: Ooh, good question. So I used to want to be a PT, like a physical therapist, mm-hmm. but I'm just getting older and older and going huh. back to school for 10 years. gets harder and harder to think about. So <laughs> um, now the latest is I think I want to do something with like event planning
0: kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Cool. So, cool. You, know. you put on great parties, so that makes sense. Yeah, great parties, yeah.
2: Great yeah. snacks. Great, great,
0: great, great snacks. snacks.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Would you rather try the first jump on a supercross track opposite foot forward or on a a road bike?
2: Oh my God. Definitely opposite
1: foot forward. Road bike, you're going right over the bars. Oh, you are just, oh, you're going to taco the wheel. (laughs) They might fold at the bottom. I think you would just pump the tranny and just blow the wheels through.
0: (laughs) Oh no. Oh, classic. All right, next one from 247 underscore Tristan Stacey. How long have you been riding a bike slash racing BMX?
2: I started when I was six, so 22, three years, something like that. Oh, my God. I'm old. <laughs> hey,
1: you're an old woman.
2: I am. I'm my 28th birthday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what's your dream career outside of BMX? If you could do anything. Um, oh, dream career. Well,
2: if I could be, like, a different athlete, I think I'd want to... Like, looking back, I, I wish I could be – wish I was taller. or I wish I was a baller. Um, I wish I could play <laughs> Wish tennis. I was tall. <laughs> um, but I don't think that was ever in the cards for a 5-2
0: at least. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's from Joshua Sterling. Uh, will you be getting a new GW soon? And I guess he's saying, if you're getting a new one, which color? What kind of color GW are you getting?
2: Oh, I'm open to suggestions on this. Tag me. Tell me what you think I should get. But yes, I will be getting new GW soon.
1: Hear
0: that, um, Josh? <laughs> Josh, you can start. You know, sending your colors into her now. <laughs>
2: yes, give me ideas. I, it's so hard to be original now.
0: Yeah, you know? I know, because it's all been done. Yeah, yeah. I like
1: yeah. simple. I like simple. Yeah, it's fair. Um. So if you had a time machine and you could change the past about one race, or you could do one race over, or have one race back kind of thing, which one would it be? Oh, Oh God. There's so
2: many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, That's a tough call between, I think, Zolder.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that one, yeah. And I'm
2: kind of getting a redo, so...
1: Fair enough, yeah, God, time, but we year. we we never
0: raced at Zolder. <laughs> That's the first time we're ever gonna go there. Yeah, we way. never raced at Zolder. Yeah, weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there since that.
0: Lucky. Yeah, we go there like <laughs> two times a year to race. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, that race. I can I mean, when I look back at that, that was just the like. Do you remember? Like, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, it was not, but, it like, was horrific because Colin Hudson led into, like the last jump or something in oh, junior yeah. men. Oh and yeah. Then, I led by like 14 bikes till the second corner and just axed myself or with Stephanie in the second corner. And Sam got graffed. Sam (laughs) went over the second corner and like Jason was just so mad in the stands, like just watching. It was like looking so good for Redline at the time. It was like great, great, great. And then he told me, sadly, I think that this is a blessing for Redline because I think they would have gone bankrupt right then
0: and (laughs) there. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, next question from Annalise Zed, uh, how long do you think you will continue racing?
2: Um, that's open to be decided. Um, I've definitely a couple more years. I I don't see myself just stopping after Tokyo. Um, as, but I think health is the number one thing, like how long I can keep up with these little ladies and stay healthy. Um, yeah. that'll be the determining factor and uh, motivation, I guess.
1: That's cool. another thing. From, and this is another one from at teenihog49.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: What's the best lesson you've learned from Jason Carnes? <laughs> 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 just laughed.
2: Well, there's a lot of life lessons. There's if you need so, a life coach, please go hit up the Berm Academy and take a tour. Um, but I would say he really, um, he says to me all the time, it's not that deep and hard. Just it's not that hard. Life is not that hard. So I think that, uh, that I just, I I always hear Jason's words. If I'm ever like worried about something, I just think of Jason's voice telling me don't make it so much harder. Just drink coffee, sit back, relax, you know, just, just chill, bro. Really
0: what it's all about. (laughs) You know, in all honesty, that's really good advice. Yeah. Wow. yeah. 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 All right. This one, surprisingly enough, is also from T hog forty nine. This guy's been active. He lately. is on it. Wow. He says, uh, "What would you tell a young Elise in BMX if you if you could tell her anything?"
2: Oh, um, you know what? I just say you do you, Al. You go get them.
0: <laughs> That's what I would say.
1: You know what, Al? You, you you're doing great. Just send them. <laughs> you just keep
2: doing you.
1: You just keep doing yeah, you. I Al. I
2: don't regret. I think everything we do in life just kind of makes us who we are so I don't really like I don't regret a lot of things or whatever obviously there's things you wish you could change like you were saying before but I think that all of it's a it's a learning curve and makes you who you are so
1: I like it I like it this is from at maddiewinter17 what was your original home track
2: original uh I guess Brainerd BMX about an hour in Minnesota uh, but then we started Pineview Park where my dad's run the tracks the second year of my racing so that's been my home track ever since we started yeah. I actually have a scar to prove it too I was out there doing
1: no, we believe you. We the believe word you. go because
2: <laughs> I was doing gymnastics out in the field and it was like an v- old vandalized park at the time and I had glass shards in my leg from that and so I still have a pretty gnarly scar from like age six um yeah. at the Pineview Park BMX track as it was getting built so yeah,
0: that's I've been there ever since <laughs> All right, and our last quick shot question from at Phillips underscore Ryan. Who inspired you the most to pursue your dream? I'm guessing BMX dream.
2: There's two. As a young girl, Kim Hayashi.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a big
1: top rider. Yeah. Followed yep. in the red line footsteps. Yeah, yeah.
2: But as we got older and it sounds super cheesy, but it's so true, it's Sam.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, it's, that's cute.
0: That is really cute. <laughs> that's cute. No, that's, yeah. really, that's really
1: cool. It's true. <laughs> no, it's really Name cool.
2: somebody who changed the game more than he did
1: no I I completely agree I think that's I think that's really awesome and special that yeah you have you know someone like Sam and Sam has someone like you as well to look up to you
2: know Uh, funny story about that so he came to Minnesota when when he came to America when we were like 17 I'm in high school clearly super focused on BMX training um and, (laughs) and uh I was like he was trying to do his sprints and stuff. Like he's getting ready to race double A man at like 17. Right. And he's like, getting his training in and I'm like telling him, why are we waiting so long between these sprints? Like we have a football game to get to. Like he, I've never seen someone's face be so annoyed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just irritating. Oh, I could totally see that.
2: So we've grown a lot since then. <laughs> Clearly, yeah.
1: Well, that's awesome. Al, we, we really appreciate you coming on the show is, you know, obviously me and you, especially, we've known each other since we were little kids, and so we obviously know a lot about each other. And um, you and James are friends now, the last few years and stuff. But um, it was really interesting for us to hear kind of more about your story, um, and kind of hear your opinion on things. And and like I said, we really appreciate you coming on the show.
2: Thank you. No, it was good. Good to have you back anytime. Good luck with uh, the next shows as well.
1: Yeah. Our <laughs> first female on the show. First yeah, you were. You came in. You came in well. You came in well. <laughs>
2: Alright.
1: Thanks, Al. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Al. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: least Post, everybody. There it is. Fantastic guest. It's crazy just to hear, obviously, we came from Anthony last week to hear about his hard times before the Olympics with injuries, and now hearing about hers also dealing with injury. I mean, it just shows how tough she really is, and then the stuff she went through the next couple of years, she was talking about with her knees, uh, having surgery on that, I guess knee uh. and then her mom also, to come back and just be so dominant in our sport now, it's yeah, it shows how tough she really is. Of course, yeah. And also going through, you know, everything, the difficulty Sam had
1: to go through with his accident and Elise being there and then kind of doing it together. That's, that's a lot for anyone to go through. And I think it just shows the, the character Elise has. She's, a, she's an amazing woman and an amazing person. Yeah, cool to see what they're doing together now. Yeah, It's really cool. Um, so yeah. it was fascinating to hear, like I said, about her story. It was really cool to have her on. Um, actually, was hit up this morning by Kyle
0: Gress. You know Kyle Gress? Yeah, he actually rode for Yes back in the day when I did as well. Yeah.
1: So apparently, he's putting a pro only series together in California, and he's got three tracks on board. So he's planning on um, promoting it really, very professionally. You know, charging for admission, having pro class, um, prize money, having you know charging people to come watch it. And it looks like he's really trying hard to to put together like a a pro central kind of series. And I think that's what our sport needs. So um, he wants to come on and talk about it. I think we're going to have him on one of the upcoming
0: shows to talk about it. I think that's really cool what he's doing. Yeah. We need more of these like races, you know? Tangent started it with their uh, Pro-Am series. So it's cool to see him kind of doing his own or getting one going here. And especially that they're you know, paying for entries or whatever. That's awesome. So, uh, the more competition those series, the better. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So
1: yeah. One last thing. We already had our rant. So we're not going to have a rant now. Yeah, that's fair. We already did rant. Yeah um snap on green
0: okay what who, i we've been getting who's this who is on the count i don't know but we keep getting hit up <laughs> about snap on green is it us is it them i don't know i don't know but anyway we're gonna have a snap on green reveal in the future eventually down the road yes we will reveal it yeah we, I we got message from snap we on we talked green. to the
1: ceo of snap on green yeah. and uh, he's on board it's a he so what? first hint it's a he do we do we know it's
0: a he? I just got it from Snap on Green account. We're dropping this now. It's a he. It's a he. It's a he. Well, you guys, it is, in fact, a he. But so maybe, maybe we put a hint out every week. Maybe. Maybe okay. we put a little hint out every All week. All right. If, if the fans want that, we can do that. We'll talk to the CEO at Snap
1: on Green and <laughs> see if he's cool with a hint yeah.
0: on every week. I think that's fair.
1: From those of you that don't know, you don't know. But for those of you that know, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Anything else, James? Uh,
0: what's up next? So... Up next, do we have anything up next? Really, we got a couple, few weeks off, I think, actually, until the next uh, race. There's a USABMX race in Albuquerque in about, what is it, three weeks now?
1: Yep, and um, we're going to have another show next week. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to have another show next week. we got a good guest coming on. I already talked to him. Yeah? It's the guy me and you discussed. Should we drop him now or no? I mean, uh, I don't know. He's a superstar
0: of the sport. He's okay. a past world champion. Okay, well then we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Let people guess and then you'll see on the Instagram account, Coffee Chatter Instagram. Yep. You'll have to pay attention to see who's coming on next. Yep. But
1: once again, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate you listening, subscribing and giving us feedback. Feel free to me- or, uh, message uh, Coffee Chatter on Instagram or James or myself personally with any questions or uh, opinions or advice because we're very open to it.
0: Yeah, or any other people you want to see on the show next too. Yes. So
1: thanks for listening everyone. Right on. Thanks guys.